13 Xehanorts? 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 Welcome to 13 Xehanorts, the podcast where we try to explain everything in the video game franchise Kingdom Hearts. I am one of your hosts, Quinn Milton. And I am your other host, Penny Weber. And in our second episode, we are going to be talking about the character Sora. Whoa! <laughs> Give me a break, Kyrie. Sora, you lazy bum. I knew that I'd find you snoozing down here. The name Sora means sky in Japanese. Correction, Sora's name does not exactly literally mean sky, but it is, is derived from the Japanese word for sky, and Numero said that his name can be interpreted as such. This is something, there are a lot of uh, elemental names in this series, as you will notice going forward, um, but some of them are more Latin-based, some of them are Japanese-based, etc. Um, but yes, yeah, Sora is a bright and cheerful blue sky of a, of a boy. Yeah. In many ways. So, um, probably what we're going to do is go through uh, his journey in the first game um, and talk a little about transformative moments and moments that really show who he is as a, as a character and his character development um, in the plot of the first game. Yeah. We will be returning to him in later games, um, but we really want to give you a baseline understanding of who he is as a person and his sort of uh, role in the, in the Kingdom Hearts universe. Yeah, so um, Sora, as you're introduced to him in his home world of Destiny Island, uh, he is a 14-year-old boy who is very cheerful and enthusiastic. Um, he smiles easily and laughs easily and is a very playful person. Um, his best friends are Riku and Kairi. He has quite a competitive streak with Riku, who is a year older than him, and basically sort of thinks that Riku is better than him in a lot of different areas and kind of has this playful um, competitive rivalry, streak yeah. and rivalry with him. Yeah. So in at Destiny Islands, you can race against Riku, you can duel him, you can duel other people as well, but like there is a score that's counting, you know, your victories against Riku. Uh, it's pretty cute. It is cute, and it's very like it's establishing um, a sort of close but competitive um, relationship, and one where they're always a little bit at odds with each other, as well as being very good friends. Um, and Kyrie acts as kind of um, uh, she goes along with these games, but she the the relationship between her and both Sora and Riku is much less competitive um, mm -hmm. and sort of more supportive. Yeah, um, and Kyrie is um, thirteen, so yes. she's younger. The youngest of them. Um, and all three of them are uh, building a raft because they want to sail off on the ocean to other worlds, which is a terrible idea because their raft is 
shitty. It's a bunch yeah, of planks of wood and a it's sail. It's a bad raft. They also don't know how to get to other worlds. But, like, um, presumably you just go out know, on the ocean, yeah, Presumably. Right? All they know is that Kyrie arrived on their islands um, a few years previously. I'm not sure how long. Yeah, she was, like, eight or ten or uh-huh. something. So it's been quite a while. They know that she arrived from across the sea, so presumably there's a way to get to other worlds if you transverse that same yeah. sea. Um, the other thing about uh, their hometown, Destiny Islands, is that there is this fruit cow- called... Ugh. There's this fruit called the pow-pow fruit. You wanted one, didn't you? A pow-poo fruit? If two people share one, their destinies become intertwined. They'll remain a part of each other's lives, no matter what. Come on, I know you want to try it. What are you talking... <laughs> so... The, the way that this fruit is introduced to us is that Riku gives one to Sora. Throws a, one yes, at Sora. throws one at Sora. Um, and tells him uh, that he should share it with Kairi, which is an interesting dynamic that we will kind of be exploring in this episode in the, and in the future. There's, like, a very weird, like, kind of casting of Kairi as... The love interest the, of either of them. Yeah, that, but it's not, but like, not, direct. It's yeah. this weird... Like, she's, she's almost kind of, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because it's a little bit in this game, and this will kind of change in the future, but in this game it's a little bit that she's, like, a prize to be won. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they, it actually happens twice. So Riku first throws a Papa Fruit at Sora uh, and tells him to share it with Kairi. Sora basically says, what? <laughs> and throws it away, which seems like pretty disrespectful uh, for your friend trying to set you up with someone that he views as your crush. And then the next day, there's a competition where you race Riku, um, mm-hmm. and the the, the the stakes that Riku suggests that Sora rejects yeah. are that whoever wins the race will be able to share the fruit with Kairi. So there's an element of... Riku both sort of encouraging Sora to act on his quote-unquote feelings uh, for Kairi, and also sort of needling him by professing his own interest in her. Um, This, it's, there is very little evidence um, that Sora has feelings for Kairi. It's never coming from him. It's always coming from from Riku. Riku. And Sora is, uh, like very platonic-minded person. Yeah. He's very thrown by he, all of his, this. His entire character is defined by platonic, platonic loving, friendship. loving friendship. He makes friends incredibly easily. He cares about his friends he more than anything. He professes his like, love yes. for all of his yes. friends. And so the, this idea that there could be some kind of competitive nature to love in general is like very alien to him. Um, and he <laughs> is very confused as to why Riku is is seemingly trying to make Make, that competition when he clearly just loves all of his friends and why would it be any different? Yeah, um, and this isn't a romantic plot that is carried forward. Um, what seems to be happening is that, like, Riku is testing boundaries with Sora and this setup of, oh, who is gonna get to share the palpu fruit with Kairi um, is very is very much a fictitious one because yeah. like Kairi does not have a crush on either of right. them uh, and they don't have crushes on Kairi right. either. It's, it's a very sort of adolescent like 
the thing you do is have a crush on a girl and you compete over that girl even if you don't care. Like, it's very, uh-huh. it's very sort of like childish, like, playing at that kind of relationship. I will say that also, an interesting thing about these games, um, especially because they deal so heavily in, like, fairy tales, like, specifically Disney fairy tales, is that there is, all of the romance is subtextual. Um, a lot of the romance is subtextually gay, but we'll talk about that at great length oh, in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but all of it is subtextual. There's never, like, any kind of overt, um, uh, no one tells each other that they love each other romantically, there's not really any kind of overt sort of romantic, or there's no romantic leads and love interests kind of thing. Everyone is doing their own thing and has strong feelings about each other, and there's a ton of subtext, but it's not a romantic game. Um, And I think that's a really interesting thing. One of the things that I think is interesting about Sora and about his role in these games um, is that he is, in contrast, both to, like, Disney heroes, um, who are romantic leads, you know, you have, like, Prince Charming in, like, most Disney films, like, that is, like, there is a hero who wins the girl at the end, and that's the way it works. He is also in contrast to, like, angsty Final Fantasy heroes, who have dark, complicated pasts, and, like, are working through, like, intense emotional issues, etc., like, a lot of, and those are, he's specifically contrasted with them because they appear in these games. And so you have this kind of hero that, hero and protagonist, because I think that we should talk about those as separate uh, categories, but you have this protagonist, let's say, at this point, who is neither a Disney protagonist nor a Final Fantasy protagonist, and is kind of born of the meshing of those two things, where he is very simple and very good and very, like, pure character who cares a lot about friendship and is sort of Disney in that sense, while also being, like, a warrior and a leader and a lot of the things that Final Fantasy heroes are, but with none of the the sort of complexity of that. Yeah, uh, Sora is very much, you know, the power of, like, friendship and goodness uh, kind of protagonist. Um, Back to the Palpoofer for a second. One thing that is interesting is that um, in Destiny Island, Sora goes into this cave, which has a mysterious door in it, and there are all sorts of um, drawings on the walls in this cave that the kids have, you know, they've taken rocks and, like, carved things into them. And we get a flashback of baby Sora and baby Kairi uh, drawing each other on the rock wall. And we, you know, flash forward, and Sora is drawing... What looks like uh, it a star or a shooting star um, that is basically him giving Kyrie a papu fruit. Right, the papu like. fruit are star shaped. Yeah, um, and that's an imagery that we will see again and again as kind of something that um, indicates intertwined destiny and friendship. Yeah, and it's yeah. This is interesting because like it's just the two of them. Um, and without Riku there, which is, like, a weird thing because they're very much a triad. Right. And it's kind of a moment where Sora is thinking about, you know, what, what does that mean? What is that? What is, what would it be like to share a palpable fruit with right. just one of his right. friends? And, and there's also an interesting scene, um, right before everything goes down and Destiny Island is destroyed. Like, the night before everything goes crazy, um, Kyrie. Yeah. talks to Sora and says, 
let's go just the two of us. Let's leave yep. Riku here and let's just go. And Sora is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Why would no. we ever do that? And, so, uh, and Kaiba's and like, just kidding. Just kidding, haha. And it's a really interesting scene. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to interpret it. I think I kind of want to come back to it when we talk about Kyrie, <laughs> uh, which I'm not sure we'll yeah. do this game. We may want to wait till we do Chain of Memories to do Kyrie, but because she is kind of in this game uh, an object and not a person. But this is a particular time when she has some clear internal life going on, um, and certainly there is a way to interpret that, that this that it is like, oh well, maybe she is like she does care about Sora more than Riku. Maybe like something about Riku puts her off or something. And as it stands, it's it's not a scene that really makes much sense either to us or to Sora. Yeah, I mean, what uh, these scenes we'll really establish is that Sora does not want to choose between right. his two friends. Right. He does not want to be separated from his two friends right. and is pretty... Uh, is very motivated by losing Riku and Kairi. His, he wants to find them. That's pretty much why he's traveling throughout all these worlds. Yes. Um, so that is Destiny Island and, you know, where Sora begins. Um... After Destiny Island is destroyed... He ends um, up in Traverse Town, right. which is this in-between state where people who are lost, their worlds have been, dis worlds have been destroyed, but they survive. They end up there. Uh, it's this interstitial place. Um, and this is where Donald and Goofy find him. It's also where he meets uh, Squall and... Yuffie and, and the other Final Fantasy Aerith, characters. But none of they really don't matter. They really don't matter. Um, <laughs> I like I like that they're here because I think it does sort of contrast Sora with them, especially with Squall, who is like you know Squall's incredibly like, brooding wait, all of the time. Wait, the Keyblade right. shows this this like kid, kid this who's like child. happy and hanging out with Disney characters. So like there that is a good contrast. But in terms of Sora's development, they don't really matter at all. Yeah, so, uh, but he learns a bit about what the Keyblade is mm -hmm. and what the Heartless are. Um, but one moment from Traverse Town that I want to touch on is near the end, when he's first kind of jo decided to join up with Donald and Goofy. Um, he has, he's disappointed that he hasn't found either of his friends. He's feeling kind of sad that they're gone and they're not here, because he thought they would also be at Traverse Town. And he's hanging his head, and Donald says, uh, there are no frowns on this ship. Like, if you're right. going to join with us, we can't have that, so you better turn your frown upside down. And so there's, like, a little bit of a drum roll, and Sora lifts his head with this cheesy kind of forced smile on. Right. But um, it ends up with them, like, bursting out into laughter. Um, and... There's this, like, return, like, any moment that Sora has where he's feeling down and sad, it returns to this, ch like, cheerfulness, right. basically. He, like, he has a moment of being sad about friendship, and then someone is like, but friendship, though, and he's like, oh, wait, friendship is great. That's, like, yes. that's, that's the extent of his sort of <laughs> angsty inner life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we go to Wonderland, and... Uh, not too much happens here. Uh, the first of the princesses, Alice, disappears, um, and... Yeah, and she just vanishes into thin air. Later princesses, yes. we'll, we'll talk about later princesses and how they sort of vanish, but she's just, you're fighting, you're trying to save her, and she's gone. Yeah. Um, and the Cheshire Cat in this world says something akin to, the brighter the light, the darker the shadows, uh, which is a theme for Sora and this game. Right. Um, because Sora is really the bright light yeah. of these games. Um, and we see that sometimes that means that darker shadows 
emerge around him. Right. And you sort of get um, a, a taste of that in the first... Uh, when Destiny Island right. is Right, you have destroyed. to fight a version of Sora who is sort of giant, um, has sort of like tentacles coming out of his head and is very like giant and is a, a thing that you have to fight in order to sort of... Yeah, and it grows out of his right. shadow. Right. This is called Dark Side and is a pure blood heartless and it is one of the reoccurring big heartless that you fight throughout the games. And so you have this very literal like the brighter the light, the darker the shadow because you have to defeat this shadow version of yourself yeah. basically. Um, but it is also a metaphorical thing and we will see that. It also sets up a, a dichotomy that we will see played out which is that there is light and there is shadow and that's it. Like, there is no mm -hmm. sense of gray. There is nothing middle ground. Yeah, especially with Sora. Yeah. Um, then uh, we go to Olympus, and the Olympus Coliseum is basically a place where these tournaments take place where you fight and prove yourself as a hero. And Sora walks in with his keyblade, and he's like, I want to enter these tournaments. And Phil, who from the movie is basically a hero trainer, is like, yeah, I don't think so. You're a tiny kid. You don't have what it takes to be a hero yet. Right. And Sora's like, what? Yeah. Come on. This is, this is the first, and I think kind of the only moment where he thinks of himself as a hero. Um, because he has no sense of, like, greater destiny or purpose. Um, like we said, all of his motivation and all of his sort of uh, sense of self is defined by these very intense friendships. Um, and so when he's going through these worlds, saving people, saving Alice... Um, trying to save... Not Rita saving Kyra, Alice. Not attempting to save Alice. Yeah. Uh, he's not thinking about it like, oh, this is my destiny, I need to do this because I am the chosen one, and, like, this this keyblade... He never has, talks like, about he, that? Yeah, he never talks about it. And so, like, it's very, like, he ends up saving these worlds as kind of a side effect of attempting to save these people that need his help who are immediately considered his friends. Yeah. Um... And so this is this is kind of the first and only time where he's like, oh, I'm totally a hero. Yeah. But it's like, I'm totally a hero in the way that, like, you know, it's it's Hercules' world. Like, Hercules is a hero in the same way that Sora thinks of himself as a hero, which is, like, kind of a cartoonish, like, I can, like, I'm strong and yeah, I can I'm, I'm fight, fight some, people. Some and, like, heartless. Yeah, and so it's much, again, it's not a, about this sort of greater destiny. It's very much about, like... Yeah. Just being, like, having fun and this sort of competitive nature that he, we that he displayed against Riku. Yeah, so Phil uh, trains him, which is, like, <laughs> busting up boxes under yeah. a time limit. Uh, it's it's nothing. Yeah. Um, and then the first, you go to the Olympus Coliseum a few times, but in the first arc while you're there, uh, Hades is stirring up trouble and is sowing darkness into Cloud's heart. And oh, yeah, Cloud's there. Cloud's there. <laughs> Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> Again, fine. Final Fantasy characters, they don't, they don't matter. Um, and the Cerberus appears in the dueling arena, and Hercules, um, is, you know, carrying Cloud, who has been kind of, like, knocked out, mm -hmm. um, and is being cornered by Cerberus, and... Sora and Donald and Goofy jump in, and they're like, oh, we're gonna save you, and then you fight Cerberus, you defeat him, and Phil, um, out of, Phil, I think Phil does, like, talk to them directly, it's like, oh, right, like, maybe I'll, when, I'll let you guys enter the games, like, maybe you guys can be heroes, right. um, but, and an aside to Hercules, 
Right. He's like, so this kid has the spark of what it could take to be a hero. Right. He's not there yet. Right. And Hercules is like, I agree. Also, I totally... Uh, they wouldn't have been able to defeat Cerberus if I hadn't like right. taken him down a bit beforehand, right. which is funny. Um, so, so yeah, you kind of have this feeling that um, Sora really like hasn't sort of tried to or embraced his sort of heroic. He doesn't really nature. know what he it doesn't. Means yeah, to he doesn't. Hero. He doesn't think about it. He's just like I have this keyblade that destroys these monsters, so and all these hero. people need my help, so I'm gonna help them, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, when when you go back to Olympus and you're going through the tournament, you end up facing a Cloud and then a Sephiroth, which is just kind of like a bonus boss. Um, but when you're facing Cloud, basically Cloud is kind of learning from Sora uh, to remember the light and being like a good hero and um, because he has kind of been drawn to the darkness a little bit. Um, and Sora kind of helps snap him out of that right. and back to his senses. Um, but we don't have a ton of more development as to, like, I am a hero. Right. That's, that's about the end. Of, of he doesn't really need to prove himself yeah. later. Uh, the next world is, that we're going to talk about is Deep Jungle, which is uh, where Tarzan takes place. Tarzan world! So you actually crash while you're landing, mm -hmm. and so you land in the deep jungle and you're separated from Donald and Goofy. And as Sora, you run into Tarzan, um, who, you know, doesn't really speak your language, and Sora says, Right! My friends! There's two of them! The loud one is Donald- mm -hmm. You know what? Never mind. I'm looking for my friends Riku and Kairi. And this is, um, this is interesting as, uh, for reasons that we'll get to later um, that have to do with Riku very much feeling like Sora has abandoned himself and Kairi and it's kind of up to him to save Kairi because yeah. Sora is like fucking around with like this, these, you know, cartoons. Has two other new yeah. friends. He has two other new friends you and they're only a fucking cartoon dog? Is Goofy a dog? Goofy is a dog. Okay. Donald cartoon dog. dog. I know Donald is a duck. His name is Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Goofy Dog. That is, no, no. <laughs> no, really, that's that's his name. I don't believe you, uh, but I refuse to Google it. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you do have this kind of m moment where Sora is equating um, his new friends with his old friends, and it's like, it's pretty clear that he is not actually replacing his old friends. It's just like he crashed with them, so his he also first got thought into was an to argument. find them. Yeah, he also got into yeah. an argument beforehand, so he's a little right. bit mad at Donald. And right, Goofy so it's like he is Donald's technically Goofy. looking for Donald and Goofy uh, in Tarzan world, but he also is like, no, wait, I'm mad at them. I'm just going to go back to my original mission um, and try and find my real friends. Yeah. But of course, that doesn't last long because they reunite. Friendship is everything, and they make up. Is fine. Uh, Donald and Sora are mad at each other for a very brief amount of time. Yeah. Um, and what Sora learns from this world, from Tarzan, um, Tarzan had basically said, when, when Sora asked him, I'm looking for Riku and Kairi, have you seen them? Tarzan is like, yes, they're here. Right. Um, in his, like, not quite half language. Half sign language, half uh, ape. ape. Yeah. yeah. Gorilla. And then what you learn at the end is that what Tarzan meant is that your friends are in your heart. And Sora's like, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, my friends will always be with me in my heart. Like, they may not be here right now, but I know that I'll find them later. Right. Also, also. hold on a second. <laughs> Can Tarzan, like, sense hearts of other people? Because Sora literally has... Kyrie's heart in him. Yeah, he no. This it. is not this is not Tarzan being like a metaphorical like yeah, you have your friends are always with you, blah blah blah, friendship is great. It's like no you, you literally have Kyrie's heart inside of your own heart. Uh and this is also the concept, again, we kind of talked about this last episode, but the concept of Sora being able to house other hearts within his own is one we will Return to. Uh, and so I think it is hilarious, in retrospect, that Tarzan, of all people, is like, yeah, no, they're literally... They're, they're literally they're in your heart. Like, it must be something that, like, chilling in there. like, apes know how to do. Sure. Gorillas uh, can sense hearts. I, I fully I, believe this. It's, it's fine. It's factual. You um, learn all of your biology from this podcast, please. Yeah. Uh, the next world is... Uh, Agraba, um, nothing, nothing much happens no. for Sora in Agraba, really. No. You fight a lot of fights. Jafar is pretty cool. Jafar is cool. The genie is cool. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know... It's mostly just a cool world. We'll talk about it a little more when we talk about the Disney, in the Disney Yeah, episode. but there's not really but a... in terms of his development, there's not much that there. Um, and then we go to Monstro, and a lot happens in... Monstro. Monstro is the whale from Pinocchio, who is hanging out in the space between worlds for some reason, right, and so, swallows the gummy ship. So, okay, so not only is this not outer space. It's not outer space. We know, we know it's not outer space, because outer space is fake, and these are not planets, they're like dimensions. Yeah. So it's like interdimensional space that apparently the whale from Pinocchio is able to freely swim through it's and fine. threaten to swallow you when you're in your gummy ship. And then actually do swallow you when you're in your gummy ship. So, yeah, so oh, that's man. fine. Uh, the whale from Pinocchio just hangs out in interdimensional space. It's fine. Uh, a after the whale swallows you, we get a flashback to baby Sora and baby Riku at Destiny Islands. And they're saying, like, oh, there's this, uh, there's this monster. Like, I heard it, you know. Uh, if there's a monster there, we'll fight it and defeat it together. And they're talking about the cave with the drawings and the door, and hearing wind come through it as, like, right. howling noise. What's significant about this is that, A, uh, this is before Kyrie shows up, because it's, it's just the two of them, and they're quite young, so I think it is actually before she Their models arrives. are the same as when Kyrie comes, okay. but... So they're so around, be, it's, but... like, around the time, but I think that it probably is... Maybe just before, because yeah. the door that is in the, they call it the secret place, which is this cave that they have these drawings in, etc. Um, the door that is there is new. They, they had not right. seen it before. Um, and the, the whistling of the wind, again, makes them think that there's a, a monster in there. But this, there's a new connection to somewhere else in this in this place that had not been there before. Right, right. And we don't know exactly how or where Kyrie showed up, right. but it is very possible that she came through this door. Right. Um, so yeah, we have a moment where they're talking about uh, if there's a monster, like, fighting They'll it together. Fight it together, yeah. You know, being brave together. Um, so Sora wakes up inside Monstro. Oh, you know, I think that big old whale Monstro just swallowed us. And who else is in here? Pinocchio and Geppetto. Mm -hmm. And also Riku is here. Riku? What are you doing here? Just playing with Pinocchio. You know what I mean. 
What about Kyrie? Did you find her? Maybe. Catch us, and maybe I'll tell you what I know. Oh, come on! Hanging out with my new puppet friends. Yeah, I'm just I'm just playing with Pinocchio. Why? What are you doing here? It's where it's like, um, uh, wait, what? Like, wait, hold on. What are you talking about? Have Where's found... Kyrie? Like, what's going on? We need to catch and up. And Riku's like, catch me, and we can Maybe talk about it. I'll Maybe I'll tell you. Uh, it's this weird, like, playful, like, callback to the races that you would have on Destiny Island. Um, but. Also, clearly, like, there is something it's weird going weird. on with him. Pinocchio is acting weird. Yeah, Pinocchio, uh, like, he's not playing with Pinocchio in, like, a nice, fun, happy way. Like, Pinocchio, he's basically, like, dragging Pinocchio with him as he runs. Yeah, and Pinocchio is, like, weirdly following him, but not listening or responding right, right. to Sora and Co. Um, so, they, you know, they catch up with Riku, um, and... Yeah, like, Riku was being sassy, sort of like, well, you know, you've got that keyblade and you've been right. around showing it off while right. I've you're been paying, actually... All, you're paying all this attention to, like, your new keyblade and, and your like, new friends. why do you even care about Kyrie? like, when you're fucking around with Tarzan like, I actually care about right. Kyrie. Yeah. And, and then it's like, it? yeah, it's a continuation of, like, the weirdness of before with this, like, competitive, like, not only are they competing, but they're competing about their quote-unquote feelings yeah. for this girl. Or, like, not even, like, romantically, just, like, who, like, who is values actually, her. Like, who cares about finding her. Who is actually trying right. to save Kyrie. Exactly. And Sora is not buying this premise at all. Right. He's like, like uh, what I is am, wrong with you? I don't know what you're doing, but I am actually trying to find her. Um, the other thing that we should mention, because it kind of matters for Monstro, um, we hadn't really talked about it before, we maybe mentioned it in the first episode, but Jiminy Cricket is also here. Oh, yeah. Um, so Jiminy Cricket, like, d doesn't show up very often, but he's, like, presumably just hanging out all the time. In he's very pocket. small. He hangs out in your pocket all the time. He writes down everything you do, um, and you can go, like, into your menu and read his journal. Yeah. Uh, this will matter for later games. It doesn't really matter right now. What matters right now is that he's, like, very concerned about Pinocchio. Um, he's glad to see Geppetto again. He's... It's a weird thing because <laughs> there's so much dichotomy set up between, like, Donald and Goofy as Sora's two new friends, and then, like, sometimes Jiminy's also here, and it's like, cool, I guess we don't consider this tiny cricket to be our friend, like, he's if basically he, a game mechanic, like, I mean, he doesn't matter. if he's a mammal or a bird. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Crickets are not friends, that's the answer here. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Pinocchio, in all of this, Pinocchio gets um, captured in this, like, cage, heartless organ thing. It's very cute. And he's, you know, being threatened, so Sora and Riku actually team up, and they're like, right. okay, let's deal with this, and they attack the heartless together, uh, and you're working together again. Uh, you defeat it, Pinocchio's freed, falls on, into this hole, and Riku jumps after him. Um, you return back to Geppetto, and... There you see Riku holding a kind of lifeless Pinocchio, and he's like, uh, this, like, puppet without a heart could hold the key to reviving Kairi. Right. And, and it's, it's this weird, like, Sora is very much like, no, like, Pinocchio is good and you shouldn't kidnap him. Um, yeah. and Riku is kind of like, well, he's a puppet and he's alive, but he doesn't have a heart and I'm trying to figure out how to save Kairi, who's, like, kind of in a similar situation. situation. And, like, it's like he's kind of logically laying out this 
thing, and Sora is very much like, no, what you're doing You're is trying wrong. to steal my friend's right. son. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're trying to steal my friend's son. Uh, stop kidnapping this child. So, uh, you chase after Riku, and Riku's basically like, come and work with me together, right. we can figure out how to save Kairi. And instead of responding, Sora just draws his keyblade. He actually says, you have, you are on the wrong side. And it's like this very, like, that to me is really significant because we talked earlier about how there's like only light and only darkness. And I feel like in this moment, Sora fully believes, like he believes that yep. so intensely that he's like, Riku is doing something wrong um, and, and he hasn't been around and he's acting weird and he has clearly chosen the side of, of darkness. darkness. And that means he is my enemy. Like, even though we just were fighting together, even though like we've been friends for so long, like in this moment, because he's doing this, I can't like compromise at all because yeah. I am light. And he is darkness right now. Um, and that's, I think that's a really interesting thing. And that's Riku what his is kind is of telling him. Yeah, and, and Riku is like reaching out to him and being like, come with me, save Kairi together. And Sora says, no, no way. Yeah. Like, my heart says you are wrong. Yeah. Um, and he even says, you know, you basically implies that Riku doesn't have a conscience, but Pinocchio has a conscience. Right. And there's this, there's a distinction between conscience and heart here yeah. that we will be coming back to in later games. Yeah, also and like... And that I'm very emotional about. It's, um, yeah, I mean, oh <laughs> um, Pinocchio also, like, it's, it's weird. We don't really know if Pinocchio has a true heart. Um, that's kind of why... He's an interesting case. Um, and why Riku wants to study yeah, him. Because when you're, usually when you don't have a heart, your body becomes, uh, disappears, and then there's a heartless. Right. right. Um, but Although, that's not the case for Pinocchio. It's not the case for or Pinocchio. Kyrie. Or Kyrie, as we will see later. Kyrie still has a yeah. body. Uh, yeah. And part of that, which we will talk about more, is that we know at the, by the end of the game that Kyrie's heart was not actually taken by the heartless. It's inside Sora. So yeah, it's so not she has not darkness. she has not turned into a, into a heartless. She has not um, gone through that transformation that everyone sort of attacked by the heartless does because mm -hmm. instead her heart fled into Sora. Yeah. Um. So that's that's Monstro. Um. They they do manage to save Pinocchio. Yes. Yeah. Pinocchio basically kind of revives and comes mm -hmm. back to life. And Riku leaves. And Riku leaves. Into a portal of darkness. Yes, in, into a very ominous looking portal of darkness, yes. Yeah. Right. So next is Atlantica, which is where the Little Mermaid is set. And in this world, um, you're underwater. And mm -hmm. Sora transform into, transforms into this um, merman, this like shark merman. Yeah, it's pretty tail. great. Uh, Donald <laughs> becomes an octopus duck. Why? 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 And why? Why didn't they just let him be a duck? Like, <laughs> ducks can swim. Ducks can't breathe underwater. I know though. ducks can't breathe underwater, but why would you make him half an octopus? That doesn't even change the part of him that would be breathing underwater. He still has, like, a duck top that would have to presumably have the same lungs. Also, like, Donald's magic is what transformed them. So, so like, he's like, oh, you know what I really like, want to be? This is what I want. I want to be half octopus. I don't think he, like, actually was in that much control. And uh, yeah. Goofy is a turtle dog. Goofy is a turtle dog, which is amazing and adorable. I kind of love 
goofiest, yeah, hilarious turtle dog design. That, that makes sense. That, yeah, see, what, for whatever reason, that makes a lot more sense to me than a half octopus, half duck. Oh, anyway. God. <laughs> uh, in Atlantica... No, it's not called Atlantis, even though that's what I always thought it was. It's not called Atlantis because Atlantis is like a different thing. Atlantis is DreamWorks, right? So you that, can't it, do... No, well, that was after. Did that come out after oh, the first yeah. DreamWorks game? Okay, never oh, mind. Yeah. But yeah, you can't call it Atlantis because Atlantis is a different thing. Yeah. And they weren't trying to say that uh, Ariel lives in like, you know, the sunken city of Atlantis. Yeah, even though... Even though they basically are by calling it Atlantica, it doesn't whatever. matter. It doesn't um... matter. This is not a podcast about... <laughs> undersea cities because maybe it should be because maybe it should be um so anyway in this world basically um thank god we don't have ariel's love interest it's just ariel being like i want to go to other worlds that's the other thing is like you have tarzan but how many other princes exist oh goodness um we don't see the princess we don't see the princess or go oh my god we don't see the princes or go to the worlds of Snow White, Cinderella, or Sleeping Beauty in right. this game. And the I guess those ones are the most significant princes. But I, I guess what I'm thinking is like there are all these princes. Aladdin is the other prince. Okay, yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin counts and for Hercules. sure and Hercules. So okay, you do cut, you do sometimes see them, but they're not. They're always the sort of like less like stereotypical prince princes like Aladdin. Yeah, we don't have any of the boring Hercules. Like princes. exactly. Because um, they, they don't matter. They're all the same dude. Yeah. So, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, Ariel wants to go to other worlds, and King Triton is uh, xenophobic and kind <laughs> yeah. of a jerk, so he's like, no, no other worlds. Uh, and he sees that Sora has a Keyblade and is like, the Keyblade uh, leads to destruction and is really mad about it. Right. Um, and does not want to help Sora find the keyhole to this world. Right. Even though that's what's going to seal the world Yeah, off. you'd think that if he actually understood what the Keyblade did, he'd be like, yeah, cut us off from all these other worlds so my daughter can't escape to do what she wants because I'm a shitty dad. But yeah. also, the Keyblade only brings destruction is kind of true, and we will be talking about that well, later. The Keyblade, but it's not in the yeah. way that he means it, for sure. The Keyblade does attract the Heartless. Yes. It's not the reason why the Heartless are in all of these no. worlds, but it's like... No, because Ariel is no. one of... is not. No, Ariel is yeah. not one of the princesses. Right, but the Heartless are just kind of take... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I. That's very... Uh... I don't know how I feel about that. Do princesses need legs? That's ableist. Is what it's ableist. <laughs> That's the word I was like. Um, I was like, speciesist, but are mermaids a different species than... Anyway, princesses don't need legs. Princesses uh, don't but... need legs. <laughs> but also, Ariel's not one. Anyway, moving on. Moving on to Halloween Town. Um, you also get a sweet new outfit to blend in with the locals in Halloween Town. Yes. Um, where... It's amazing. Uh, Sora has like a pumpkin head. Yeah, it's like ha- it's on not. His face. Yeah, it's like a mask that's kind of like jauntily over part of his face, and he has like little tiny bat wings on his back. Oh god, it's so great. great. Uh, Goofy is a mummy, mm-hmm. and Donald Dunk, I think, like is all stitchified. I think. I thought Donald like, was the mummy. Maybe Donald's the mummy, and Goofy is like Frankenstein. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, Frankenstein's um, a monster. Yeah, this is a really fun town, as there's not a lot of character development for Sora, um, but what is basically going on is that Jack Skellington 
um, wants to control the Heartless to teach them to dance. Yeah, he's the... really into, like, these new scary monsters. He's like, oh, you're adorable and yeah. amazing and you should join my Halloween yeah, obviously. Celebration. Um, and the 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 doctor is like, I will create this thing that can control yeah. the heartless, but then uh, um, Oogie Boogie gets in yes. instead. Um, and so Sally is sort of the uh, the the wise one who's cautioning Jack against trying to um, like control and dive into this thing that he doesn't really understand. Which is basically. reasonable, considering that trying to control the Heartless is what Ansem was trying to do, and he fucked everything up. So, Sally's right. Yeah. And scientists are bad, is the, is the moral <laughs> of this game. Every scientist <laughs> is bad in... This is also why Sora was like, no, Riku, don't do experiments on, on Pinocchio. Up, on this puppet. Yeah. No puppet experiments. <laughs> no experiments whatsoever. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, uh, lastly is Neverland. Uh, and this is also a fairly significant world for Sora and his arc. Uh, in Neverland, Riku uh, has kind of taken charge of the ship. Um, Sora confronts him immediately upon arriving at the world, and Riku's like, hey, look what I have here, and steps aside, and there is Kairi, who is sitting... Uh, slumped like lifeless behind yeah. him. Her eyes are open but they're very like dulled. Yeah. Um, and she is basically just like an empty husk. And Riku's like, I can control the heartless now. Uh like, yeah, so that's new. Yeah, uh, that's new. Probably bad. Probably bad. Uh Sora's like, you're an idiot. You're stupid. Sooner or later they'll swallow your heart. Which is amazing. Which is amazing uh, and true. Um, yes, very true. And Riku's like, that's not the only thing I can do. <laughs> um, oh man, true. Ugh. And he uh, takes Sora's shadow, basically, mm -hmm. um, and crafts it into a second shadow self. This one, much more uh, Neverland style, like, looks exactly like Sora, um, yes. moves with him until it is severed from his feet kind of thing. Um, uh, and this is called the anti-Sora. Yes. So, this is the second Sora we have yet encountered in this Yeah, game. we're gonna start a tally, uh, that we will, uh, yeah, we will count how many versions of each character we meet. This is a, this one is actually relatively simple, like, we maybe have uh, have said this before, but the first episodes that have to do with the first game are going to be the easiest to understand. Yeah. Um, so, in this episode, which we are focusing on Sora, we've only met two versions of only Sora other than the main version of Sora, and both of them were relatively uh, uncomplicated. They were just shadow versions of him that he was able to defeat. Right. Um, so... Sora go like is dropped down into uh, Captain Hook's ship and meets up with Peter Pan and Donald and Goofy, um, and sort of immediately after this scene where he sees Kyrie, we see him talking and telling Donald and Goofy, and he has this big smile on his face. He's like, "Yeah, Kyrie was there." He's like very excited that he's finally found one of his friends. Right, like just being in the same place with Kyrie is like, oh, like I'm I'm winning. Like even though like I just got a shadow version of myself made and like dropped into this and pit is and Rick is being weird. Like she's here, so everything's gonna I'm be focusing fine. on the positive. Right, he's very focused on the positive. Very optimistic. one thing that um, happened in the conversation that he and Riku had also is that, uh... That's my cat. 
is uh, uh, the cabinet of loser return of thought. Oh, right. So part part of Sora calling Riku an idiot is he's like, you, your heart will be overcome by the darkness. Like, right. eventually by controlling the heartless and by um, sort of playing, you're playing into their hands and your heart will be destroyed. And Riku says, no way. My heart, heart is too strong. Is too strong. So he is clearly very like he he still feels like he is acting in the good, even though Sora yes. has cast him as the darkness. He's not sort of going mad with power. He's not like he can do all of this stuff that involves controlling the darkness, but he feels like he is in control of that, and he's still trying to save Kyrie while also kind of taking out his resentment on Sora abandoning yeah. him. Um, Which we'll we'll talk to more next episode when we yes. go into Riku's side of things. That will be a fun time. So, um, Peter and Sora. Um, oh yeah, Peter Pan is here. We didn't mention yeah. him, but he's here. It's Neverland, so obviously he's yeah. Here. Uh, he's trying to save Wendy the same way that Sora yeah. is trying to save. And him. he gets uh, he's flying, and uh, Goofy or Donald is like. What's up with that? How can you fly? So uh, Peter Pan instructs Tinkerbell to sprinkle them with fairy dust, and they all try to fly, but they fail. Um, then Peter Pan and Sora see Wendy like through the grate above them and talk to her, and Wendy says that, yes, there's another girl here, and it's Kyrie. Yeah. And you can kind of see Kyrie's foot and hand. She's again sitting slumped up in this cabin, and Sora reaches out to her, and we see her hand move a little bit. Yeah, as if she's sort of like like responding, responding to that motion. And, so and it's, it's like, interesting yes. because Wendy is like she hasn't moved an inch, and she is in the same exact position she was that we saw her yeah. earlier on deck. And so it's very clearly like Sora's proximity, and presumably since we know that he has her heart, uh, her the proximity of her heart to her body that kind of gives yeah. her this like she is trying to get back, get reunited with her own heart. Yeah, and Sora takes this as a sign that, like, she, he can, like, get her back to normal and thinks they're going to be all right. right. Um, you end up fighting anti-Sora, which is pretty tough. It's, it's hard, a pretty yeah. tough fight, um, but it's pretty cool. Um, and then anti-Sora sort of, like, disappears back into your shadow. Mm -hmm. Might come back again later. Who knows? Um, he, we get to the top of the deck, and... Captain Hook tells Sora that Riku has fled along with Kairi. And right. at this point, Sora is kind of devastated by that. Um, yeah, sort of all of the elation that he felt from being in the same place as them and, like, seeing Kairi move and, like, really feeling like he was coming to the end of his search for them is kind of gone. Um, and he is forced to walk the plank. Yeah, he, he drops his keyblade, it disappears yeah. in his hands, he's, like, not really responding, he's forced to walk the plank, there are these heartless who are, like, jabbing at him, and he's alone there on the plank, and the crocodile is below, with, like, jaws open. Taking and, away. Yeah. And then Sora hears Peter Pan's voice saying, you know, fly, Sora, like, Just, all you have to do is believe. Right. So, Sora jumps off the plank... And there's a beat, and then he comes up, and he is flying with the fairy dust. Um, and then you uh, kick some heartless ass, mm -hmm. and then you kick Captain Hook's ass. After you've defeated Captain Hook, Sora's kind of, like, looking out into the distance, and Donald and Goofy are like, oh, is like he okay? Like, we just learned that 
Kyrie doesn't ha maybe doesn't have a heart right. and has gone again. And then Sora says, I still can't believe it. I really flew. Wait till I tell Kyrie. I wonder if she'll believe me. Probably not. I'll find Kyrie. I know I will. There's so much I want to tell her about flying, the pirates, and everything else that's happened. This for me is a pretty key moment because it is Sora kind of hitting his low where one of his friends has betrayed him, he's finally met both of them, but he hasn't been able to reunite with them, and instead he's like, I can fly, and yeah. I'm so excited to tell my friends right. about and it. Right, he's and so, he's so certain that that will happen. There's yeah. no doubt, like, even though things aren't great right now, like, there's zero doubt in his mind that, like, he will be able to speak to them and talk to them and share all of his exciting adventures with, with them, um when they are finally reunited. It's just gonna be a little bit longer than he thought it might be. Yeah. And that's, I think, an important... He's so unshakable in his faith that things are gonna be okay, and they're gonna be back together, and they're, like, he... It's not, a, it's not even about believing in himself. It's just about believing, like, in, like, goodness. And, like, things work out, like, in the yeah. world. Because good is stronger than evil, and everything will be fine. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's a bit of a naive... Um, perspective, yeah, and but at the same time, like his heart is literally connected to all of these friends yeah. of his, and what that means, and that literally in this world and yeah. how this world works is that through the power of friendship and connections made between hearts, you can find each other again and like revive people who have been right. gone and. No one, like, really knows this except for Sora. Right. And Sora and knows even, it from the beginning. Right. And it's not even something that I think he would, he would like, logically lay out that way. He wouldn't be like, well, when you were connected to all of these people. Like, he just knows that because he has all of these amazing friends and because, like, it's part of the reason that he kind of throws away the Papu fruit at the beginning. Where he's like, I don't need this yeah. fruit to make sure that me and Kyrie are, are forever intertwined. We just are. Yeah. Like... You, like, I am intertwined with all my friends. Of course I'm going to be lifelong friends with these people. Of course our destinies are connected. That's just how friendship works. And everyone yeah. else is, like, much more, doesn't really understand that and doesn't really, like, it is, it is sort of a, a fundamental aspect of this universe that Sora innately knows um, that no one else does, especially Riku, who is, whose main insecurity is that his destiny and Sora's destiny will not be intertwined. Yeah. Uh, Which, oh God. we'd mentioned <laughs> some subtext and, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we will be getting to that um, next episode. Yes. Uh, because our next episode is on Riku. Yeah, and so obviously there is more that happens in this game um, to Sora, but we'll be having an episode in a couple weeks um, that is all about just the end of the game in particular and everything yeah. that leads into it and everything that um, it sort of projects into the future, etc. So um, as we leave Sora for his Sora episode, he is still on the ship. Um, he knows that Riku, or he's, he's, on, he's on the yes. gummy ship with he knows Don that Goofy. Riku... He knows that Riku took Kairi to Hollow Bastion, yeah. which uh, 
Captain Hook told him is where Maleficent lives. Yeah. Um, so he's headed there to try and get her back and to confront Riku about his betrayal. So that's where we leave off with Sora. Yeah. And yeah, next episode we will be delving into uh, Riku's own character development um, and many, many feelings. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's take stock. So we have our stocks, right? We have our, our accounts. Okay. okay, so in this episode, how many Soras did we meet? We met the original Sora, mm-hmm. uh, the first heartless Sora that came out Shadow of the Shadow Sora, be careful about that. It's, okay, sh- it, it is a heartless, but it is not heartless Sora. Okay, it is a heartless that came out of his shadow. Yes. So we'll call it Shadow Sora. Sure. And then Anti Sora, <laughs> who is also his shadow, but literally looks yes. like him. So, so yes, we have three Soras. Yeah. And how many Xehanorts have we met? We have encountered no Xehanorts. No more, no Xehanorts. Where yeah. the fuck are they? No Xehanorts. Yeah, so we gotta wait yeah. for some Xehanorts. But there we go. Yep. So, um,. You guys can uh, find us at uh, 13 Xehanorts on Twitter, the number 13XEHANORTS. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and you can also um, email us yeah, at have... the same thing at gmail.com. Uh, please, questions, comments, yeah. corrections, if you are also a diehard uh, Kingdom Hearts fan and think that we skipped over some very important plot elements or just have explained something incorrectly, let us know. Um, we will incorporate that into our future episodes. Um, we might fight you about it, but we'll be nice. Yeah, I mean, and we definitely will make some Yeah, we're definitely not, like... We do research, and we make notes, and we love these games very dearly. But, but I am not the wiki. Right, we are not Wikipedia. <laughs> like, uh, so we will make mistakes, we will leave things out, um, but our goal is hopefully to just make it uh, a more legible and, um, yeah, understandable universe. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know if you have any questions, comments, you can do that on Twitter or at our Gmail. Okay, uh, we will see you ne- next week when we talk about Riku. Thanks, guys. Bye.